Welcome to AFT in Action, a podcast for members of AFT Connecticut-affiliated local unions. We're approximately 30,000 working people in the public and private sectors, teachers and school support staff, nurses and healthcare workers, higher education faculty and public employees in nearly 90 unions across the state. The series provides a deeper dive into issues impacting our members and our movement as part of AFT Connecticut's engagement and communications efforts. Welcome, sisters and brothers, to another episode of AFT in Action. My name is Jan Hockadell, the State Fed President of AFT Connecticut, and I'm once again co-hosting this latest episode. As everyone knows, during the pandemic, our state public health and safety have depended heavily on frontline workers. These workers have continued to perform their jobs under difficult circumstances and, and dangerous conditions to keep us safe. So today we're going to talk about how essential workers have suffered physically, emotionally, and financially from COVID and what the legislature is doing to help. I'm so pleased to have Bill Garrity, AFT Connecticut's Divisional Vice President for Healthcare and a nurse from UConn Health Professionals to co-host this session with me. I've been a nurse since 1989, uh, so more than 30 years, uh, but I have worked at UConn Health for more than 25 years. I did 16 years working bone marrow transplant and oncology. Uh, then I transferred and did five years in the emergency room before I was elected as UHP president. I've done that job for five years now and I continue to do such. We have 2,800 members uh, at uh, UConn Health and uh, we've been working continuously through this pandemic trying to make sure all of the public has been uh, kept safe. Thank you so much for all you do and agreeing to co-host with me today. To join in in our conversation, we have two very honored guests, State Senator Julie Kushner and State Representative Robin Porter. These two powerhouses are our co-chairs of Connecticut's Labor Committee and both come from organized labor. We're so fortunate to have them with us and talk about their essential workers bill. Senator Kushner, let's start with you. You represent the 24th district in the Danbury area and you were the executive director for the UAW Region 9 for a very long time. Well, I started organizing workers when I was quite young, in my 20s. Uh, I was a member of the UAW for 42 years and served in many different positions there, but ultimately uh, retired after being the uh, regional director of Region 9A. And so my whole life experience was in the labor movement. And uh, it, it was quite a, a difference to move now into uh, being an elected official. Um, a lot of things are very similar, um, certainly fighting for workers' rights. I'm very fortunate to be in a position to do that now as a legislator. Um, uh, but we all know in the labor movement that everything is political. And so uh, the links were always there for me and I was happy to then become a, a legislator, state senator. And now I serve uh, with my wonderful co-chair who you'll hear from in a minute with uh, Representative Porter as the Senate chair for the labor committee. And Representative Porter, you represent the 94th district in the Hamden, New Haven area, and you come from the Communication Workers of America Union. Uh, yes, I had 16 years in with Communication Workers of America as an administrative assistant. So much of my work was done behind the scenes as a liaison between, you know, arbitrators and, and unions and uh, members and making sure that grievances were heard and that you know things were kept in an orderly and timely fashion. Um, that led me to this by way of encouragement from my uh, labor leaders, 
um, actually initially encouraging me, uh, encouraging me to run at a local level, uh, not at all interested in politics or kind of brushed it off. Uh, but then came an opportunity when um, the then Senator um, Tony Hart decided to run for mayor in the city of New Haven. Uh, the then Representative Winfield ran for the Senate seat and won, which opened up the 94th District's state representative seat. Um, and I did run for that with tremendous support from labor and from the community. And in a special election of five people, uh, I was able to pull it off. Just having the exposure of labor and union and understanding the importance of that representation in the workforce um, and upholding workers' rights. It is definitely my passion for people and love for community that um, has, has put me on uh, this pathway. So tell us, what has the experience been like in the legislature during a pandemic? You know, I know there's um, some people out there that believe that you weren't even in session last year and that this year is some type of watered down session, but that really isn't true, is it? What has it been like? I think the biggest challenge for me has been uh, the thing I miss most, which is what I call the magic in the building. Uh, the magic of seeing all your smiling faces lined up behind the ropes and uh, you know, running into you on the elevator and in the cafeteria, um, being able to step out of a committee meeting after a, a public hearing uh, to speak to a, a constituent or someone who has testified on behalf of a bill in support or opposition. Um, it's just having that, that, that socialization is, is the piece that I really do miss. And it is challenging to do these things virtually and, and remotely like we're having to do. But um, I think that you have to, you, you have to, you know, take the good with the bad. It's made us much more creative. It, it's forced us to think outside of the box. And in a lot of ways, it has um, given us things that we should have had a long time ago insofar as policies and uh, procedures and the way that we actually um, ha have an opportunity to make those things happen, right? To make them manifest. So there, it, there has been a challenge, no doubt about it, but uh, we are resilient people and we have learned to um, take these lemons and make lemonade. But I can tell you, it was very intense. Uh, I know that Representative Porter and myself and all the legislators, we found ourselves working extra hard uh, dealing with constituent needs. And there were so many, whether it's people unemployed, uh, people with illness, uh, people who had difficulty uh, paying for medications they needed, who couldn't pay rent. Uh, the, the crisis, the public health crisis, was on a monumental level. The anxiety, the stress. And so the work was very, very different than legislative work. It was 100% constituent work for that first month. And then, of course, as we realized that we were going to be on shutdown for a much longer period of time, we did um, begin to look at how could we legislate. And some of the things that we've done and learned from the pandemic need to be codified into law, need to continue. Uh, the ability to have access to absentee ballots. Look how many people came out to vote in November 2020. We had more people vote in the state because they had greater access to the ballot. So some of the things we're, we learned from the pandemic uh, we really want to turn into 
uh, into law, into statute, so that we can continue to have some of the advantages. Let's talk about how the COVID omnibus bill came to be. Senator Kushner, um, I know that you joined our nurses in Danbury on a healthcare Zoom call. Can you tell us about that? Oh, I remember that day so well. Um, you know, you were having a, a membership meeting of the nurses here in Danbury from Danbury Hospital. And, you know, I was, I'm always eager to talk to you new members. And so I was looking forward to the Zoom. Um, but what happened, you know, I really hadn't been prepared for um, because I was uh, in a position now to hear directly from frontline workers, from essential workers uh, about their experiences and their challenges and their struggles. And it, it was very impactful and uh, it really led directly to some of the legislation that we're fighting for now. Um, in particular, uh, there was a bill that Representative Porter and I had always intended to run this year uh, to protect, to expand the protection of workers' compensation to cover uh, post-traumatic stress. Uh, we were thinking in terms of the dispatchers and the EMTs and the Department of Correction workers who had not been included in the 2019 bill. And all of a sudden sitting on that Zoom with your members, I realized how could we possibly do a bill this year that did not include and expand protection to healthcare workers who not only were on the front lines, but dealt with this pandemic in a way that none of us experienced. Thank you, Julie. Representative Porter, um, I understand you had constituents that passed away due to COVID. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, unfortunately I did. Uh, Denise Rogers and her husband Howard, uh, uh, two of my constituents, unfortunately Howard is no longer with us. Uh, this happened at the onset of the pandemic and they both became ill and were actually taken uh, the same day in two different ambulances to the hospital. And um, Denise returned home on Good Friday, 2020. And Howard later passed away after being on a ventilator, I want to say over 40 weeks. And um, it, it's been really rough, you know, to see what she's had to deal with, to see what she's still dealing with and going through. Um, not only as a long hauler and the effects that COVID is continuing to have on her life, um, it puts her in a struggle in a bind because she hasn't been able to return to work. But uh, they both were drivers and uh, Denise actually was driving Yale doctors back and forth to work. And when we talk about essential workers, you know, these were uh, deemed service workers prior to this pandemic. And then uh, with COVID rearing its ugly head, we decided uh, that they were essential workers, but we didn't treat them like essential workers. And we're still, to some extent, not treating them like uh, essential workers. And I just found it quite reprehensible that we would refer to them as essential workers and heroes, right? And treat them like zeros, right? Literally treat them like zeros. So I know I, our members would love to hear about the major points of the bills. Um, so let's start with Senate Bill 1002. Senator Kushner, can you tell us what the major points of the bill are? The COVID relief bill that we have in labor, uh, we attempted to really broadly look at um, what occurred and what do we need to do going forward uh, 
to make sure that we're prepared to deal with the pandemic should it happen again, like uh, proper PPE, having stockpiles of PPE. Um, and then also what we have to do uh, looking at the experience uh, our heroes have had. You know, it's not enough to call frontline workers, essential workers, our heroes. Uh, when we didn't compensate them appropriately, there should be pandemic hazard pay that uh, should come from the COVID relief funds that we're getting as a state. Uh, there should be uh, workers' compensation uh, for any worker who was an essential worker. Uh, uh, we should be covering the cost of, of health care, of lost time, and, uh, and unfortunately, in some cases, death benefits for every essential worker who went to work and risked their lives and the lives of their families when we stayed home and we were safe. And uh, that's our obligation. And I think we see it as our duty in the Labor Committee to make sure that we're comprehensive and addressing the needs of workers during this pandemic. And there's a bill I know that, a part of the bill that I know you all will appreciate, and that's the hospital staffing ratios. And here's another issue that became really clear during the pandemic. And, and I know from working with you all in the past, staffing ratios in hospitals is critical, both um, not just to the, you know, for the workers to be able to do their job well, but for the outcomes, for the health outcomes for the patients as well. And here we saw during COVID times, terrible, terrible abuse where, you know, nurses were kept on shift uh, after shift, you know, for many, many hours working double. This wasn't healthy. Uh, workers taking care of far too many people uh, so that uh, it wasn't safe. When we look at the death benefit, this benefit has been $4,000 since 1987. So we're asking in this bill that we increase that from 4,000 to 20,000 and that that benefit um, be tied level to inflation beginning on January 1, 2022. And we also um, believe it's just the right thing to do. I mean, there are several things that need to happen. The recall rights is very important and I'm proud to say that locally New Haven has done that for their workers. We need to expand that to make sure that the entire state enjoys that, um, what I feel is, is, is what they, they deserve. The paid sick days, yes, definitely, you know, that's something that improves public health and it keeps us all safe. I think it's common sense. And I think that, you know, COVID-19 has certainly presented situations that are unaddressed by our current sick leave laws and that uh, we need to make room for quarantine and, and time for people to vaccinate. Um, and absent these provisions, workers feel financially pressured, you know, to go into work and not only jeopardize themselves and their families, but actually their coworkers and their customers and, and uh, the people that they serve. Lastly, is the lost wage assistance. We know that initially uh, the federal money that came down required people to be making $100 per week when it came to their UI claims. So what we're asking for in uh, this bill is that the federal qualifying amount going forward, if we ever have to deal with a pandemic or anything of this nature, that that would be an automatic, that people wouldn't have to wait weeks on end before they could uh, start receiving the additional funds that the feds would send down. So what are the next steps? And the big question is, what are the chances that we will have a workers' protection bill this year? I feel pretty optimistic. Um, I think we've made the case. I think we've had public hearings that you know people came forward in big numbers. 
um, telling their stories. Uh, I feel very optimistic about it. We need uh, a workers' release bill, and I think we have offered uh, a, a comprehensive approach that fixes problems that were created because of COVID and puts us on the right track. And so I feel optimistic about that. But I will say to you and to all your listeners, uh, we're not across the finish line. There's a lot of work to be done. And so it's important that people you know, speak up, speak out, contact your legislators, uh, and make sure they understand the importance of these bills. May is right around the corner. And technically, May is the last month we have to get this work done because our session ends on June 2nd. So I believe and I hope that um, we will definitely get our omnibus bill out the gate, get it voted in both the House and the Senate and on the governor's desk so that the good people in the state that have worked relentlessly and, 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 and made tremendous sacrifices, ultimate sacrifices, can be made whole in the ways that we can provide through legislation. That is so good to hear. Uh, Senator Kirshner, Representative Porter, uh, thank you both for joining us today and answering our questions. Um, I know all of our members, um, as well as us, are so appreciative of your knowledge, the, your experience in legislature, and really all you do for working people in Connecticut. So thank you again. Thank you again for the opportunity to speak with you and to share what it is we're doing to help relieve you know, the pressures of this pandemic and, and, and those pressures that have been placed on the people we care about the most, which are our, our extended family, our sisters and brothers that are out there, you know, doing this work as we get to stay home and stay safe. We applaud you and all the members of your union and of this you know, wonderful labor movement here in Connecticut. And it's, it's our honor to serve. And Bill, thank you for co-hosting this episode you know, with Senator Kushner and Representative Porter. Um, we make a great team. Any opportunity that I get to talk with Representative Porter and Senator Julie Kushner, um, I'm gonna take it. As we do at the end of each podcast, I invite members to submit questions and suggestions for our next episode of AFT in Action. And I look forward to hearing about the issues that you would like to hear about. So send your comments by email to actnetreply at aftct.org. That's A-C-T-N-E-T-R-E-P-L-Y at sign A-F-T-C-T dot O-R-G. Or you can leave a voice message by dialing 860-257-9782 and asking for extension 116. That's 860-257-9782, extension 116. I'm looking forward to including your voices. And as always, thank you in advance for being heard. That's a wrap for this latest edition of AFT in Action. Additional episodes are available at our Podbean page and social media channels, all of which can be found at aftct.org. Like what you heard? Then share with fellow members and encourage they give it a listen too, and help build the power of the UNI in union.